Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. John Hasanaugh, CEO and Principal Consultant of Lab Animal Consultants, and Dr. Stefano Gaburo, Scientific Director of Digilab Solutions at Technoplast, who recently joined us for a webinar to discuss current biosafety requirements and what home cage monitoring can teach us in bioexclusion and biocontainment studies. Let's get right into it. first question of the day here is, what are the advantages of using the ISO negative caging system in a BSL-3 level suite? And John, I think I'll direct this one to you first. So I would start by answering this and saying that you really need to evaluate the risk, the risk assessment situation in all of the biosafety level suites that we work in. And the thing that we need to do is reduce the risk. The advantage of using a isonegative system in that particular environment is doing increased primary barrier containment related to the hermetically sealed component of that. And with that, it also allows lack of cross-contamination if there were ever to occur in regard to your containment that way as well. So it's very uh, effective that way and very beneficial in relationship to that. And that's one of the primary reasons for using that. The other advantage is, as I had mentioned, from a staff point of view, it seems that there may be better ability to manipulate animals outside of isolators and moving more into a isobiosafety cabinet or a safety cabinet and doing manipulations in there related to that situation. Excellent. All right. Next question here, and Stefano, maybe I'll give this one to you, but is it possible to update an existing ISO cage system with DVC? And if so, what are the the minimal requirements? Yes. So there is good news. We can update any existing ISO N or P system. So it takes two hours to our engineers to do that approximately. And regarding the requirements, I think uh, there is the interface and then uh, the boards that goes beneath. And for the rest, I think uh, can be take offline because it depends on the units that are out there. And I would just invite you know, you to contact your local representative or send an email to me, and then we can then discuss point by point and see what we can do to help you. Excellent. All right. Another question here. What are, what are the trade-offs of using iso-positive caging versus isolator caging? And uh, John, I'll hand this one to you. Okay. Thank you. And the trade-offs would really be how you're working with the isopositive system related to the fact that you can go ahead and have, again, better work with the animals in, in relationship to that and some of the abilities to do that. The thoroughput is the other thing that we're looking at here in relationship to the amount of studies that can be done for this. So, beneficial to the investigator to uh, have this type of system to allow greater throughput, the studies going into the rooms and the activity that way. There is going to be a little more work in going ahead and doing each study when you're uh, working with the cages because of the having to move the cage into the ISO biosafety cabinet. But again, that's uh, if you're doing a short-term study, these seem to be more the way people are doing this. 
than if you're doing long-term studies with the isolators. And this this tends to be the trend that I'm seeing overall uh, in relationship to some of the... Excellent. All right. Thanks, John. And so here's here's a question, Stefano. Maybe you can address this one. How does the DVC system alert scientists about the welfare of mice? Right. It wasn't presented today, but the DVC can also do the welfare part. Basically, the DVC per se can also check in the night the activity of the animals. So basically, the term is a baseline through an AI algorithm. And then if there are hyper or hyper locomotion detected in the cage, it can basically signal that to the researcher or to the person who is responsible, to the technician. And then in the next morning, you find a small task that says, check that cage and can be alighted also on the rack. So this is a very nice way to complement welfare and was as well as science. So there is data getting out and putting on your browser, but also this type of task if you don't want to use browser-related things that evaluate basically the activity of the animals. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Stefano. And next question here, what are the benefits for staff to use either the iso-negative or iso-positive caging systems? And John, maybe you can address this one. So if the if we're really looking at isolator versus the ISO systems, the ergonomics with the isolators tend to be a issue as well for some of the staff in terms of the ability to reach in, the ability to have to stoop down uh, in the quad systems that I'd shown you, especially the lower unit. Those are complicated for some of the staff, and then the upper units are complicated for some of our staff that are height restricted and the better ergonomic situations for the staff to be using the um, ISO-N or ISO-P systems. The protection levels are similar in regards to both the isolators and the ISO-N or ISO-P systems. Again, getting back to manipulation and tactile sensitivity and other things that are being done on some of the animals in isolators can be, in my opinion, better done in the safety cabinets related to the amount of gloves and ability of the individuals to manipulate the animals more readily in those uh, systems versus the isolators overall. So those would be my answers for that. Excellent. All right. Well, here's an interesting question here. Can human activity in front of the cage, so for example, cage changes, be tracked? And how is that correlated with the activity of animals in the cage? Stefano, I'll give this one to you. Yes. So in general, um, any human interaction, so entering the room, basically elevates the heart rate, every single physiological parameter. And uh, we at Technoplus developed the RAC environmental monitoring called REM that basically monitor light off the rack, light, humidity, human presence up to a certain distance. And then we can basically correlate that. And I can give you the example of cage change. If you do just move the cage a bit, um, the activity will increase a lot up to three hours after the event and eventually sometimes also in the night afterwards. So there is a lot of um, effects due to opening the door and everything. And all the things can be monitored and see seen on the kitchen. That, that's why in my introductory slide, there was this unseen environmental factor. Now it can be finally uh, tracked through the DVC. Perfect. Another question here. For, for what research would you recommend the use of the isonegative caging system? And what are the timeframes associated? With? Maybe, John, I'll, I'll give this one to you. Thank you, Liam. 
the research that I would recommend is any of the Biosafety 2 Plus type studies that might be conducted within a facility, as well as the BSL-3 or above. These systems can be used in relationship to that. It's specifically designed for BSL-3 system or BSL safety environments, ABSL-3. And this is a, a system that will then reduce the risk to individuals, to the animals, and also to cross-contamination of studies if there are multiple studies going on within the room that way. So any of those situations on a time frame, which is another part of that question, I believe, the time frames are anywhere with the, as I mentioned with isolators earlier, in kind of an eight-week situation and below, are preferential for these type of systems where shorter studies and maintaining them that way, and those are best suited for these systems in general. Again, it depends upon the amount of animals that you might have in the study as well. So smaller amounts of animals in the study would promote use of these systems as well in relationship to that for the longer-term studies is what I mean in that aspect. Excellent. Thanks, John. Here's a great, a great question from Christina. She's asked if the ISO or DVC cage systems can be integrated with partner technologies, for example, DSI telemetry. Stefano, maybe you can get so that the, this one. Yeah, I used to work for DSI before, and we did some tests on normal IVC uh, with some blood pressure device, and we didn't see in normal single cage animals, and we didn't see any interaction. So I don't suspect any interaction with uh, transmitters that have you know, like temperature, blood pressure, they have ORHG, they have very high amplitude signal. We have to test without the type of transmitter. But short answer is we are testing it and uh, more tests has to be done. Excellent. Thanks, Stefano. Next question here. So given animal well-beings and the three R's of animal testing, do you think that locomotion measurement in group housed animals would only provide the total group activity? Or can you evaluate actual individual animals' locomotion activity as well? Stefano, maybe you can get this one. Yes. So it's a group response, obviously. Um, we cannot, because we don't implement any RFID, we don't know which animal is which. But then if all the animals are, let's say that you have three animals treated and one not treated, and you would like to see, does the animal not treated differ from the other three? There is always the behavioral component, this empathy theory that says the other animal is not going to be behaving like the three. So we take the cage as, you know, as a cage activity and we cannot tell individually what the animals are doing. And though we saw that if you evaluate the cage activity is very similar to the average of single animal activity or as you like. So we don't think that it's, it's a need, but we haven't seen yet a great advantage of it. Excellent. Thanks, Stefano. Question here from Brad that kind of goes back to group housing. How many animals can you monitor per cage? John, what's your experience with group housed animals and how many you can do? As Stefano had said earlier, and, and this is um, the way that the DVC works, it's a group average overall. So our stocking densities of these cages are five animals per cage. So you can monitor the whole group that way as five animals. Or, you know, if you have individual housing, the individual animal going down to three animals is being, being seen more commonly in some of these infectious disease studies related to the group 
that arrangement. So anywhere from one to five can be monitored that way, but it is an average of how many you do have in there over one. No, I think it's uh, really get, getting back to the point that you just mentioned and also my point before is an average activity. Excellent. Here's a good question here. What backup systems are in place if there are power outages to, to stop the AHU working? And does the DVC have an alert for this? And this question actually comes from um, Joanna Moore, who did a Oster with us. But uh, yeah, Stefano, maybe you can handle uh, this one. Yes. So the data are recorded. So if all the electricity goes down and the data until the point to where, you know, the data were there because the data goes first on the interface and then they go up to the server. There will be information and our service can actually see this information. We have some tracking and uh, we have also an alarm that has been sent through the Guardian. It's called the system. And if there are more information needed, we can actually take it offline because it's going to be a bit too complicated. But the answer is yes, we can provide you the information. Liam, on the the biosafety side of this, we didn't mention that, but there's a battery 24-hour backup on all of the ISO systems that way. So there's never a power loss or issue for providing the HEPA filtered air into those cages. Excellent. All right. Thanks, John. Monitoring temperature is extremely important in some of the studies that we are running. How can you do that using this system? John, do you have any experience with monitoring temperature? Or, Stefano, maybe you can comment. I'll let Stefano comment on that. Yes, I think uh, it's really integration with uh, technologies, Lapata technology like DSI and having telemetry and activity, you know, working together. As it was my conclusion in the presentation was saying, you have to monitor several parameters to be sure that you're really looking at the welfare of the animals because the response to like, for instance, to the virus can be different in terms of temperature and the activity could actually help to better describe the animal model and translate that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.